Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Well, if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. The Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes and Ecclesiastes and chapter number 10. We've been walking through this book. We divided it up into two. So 13 messages the first time, 13 messages the second time. Now we're just on our final messages, finishing up this wonderful book of the book of Ecclesiastes. We understand that Solomon has been away from the Lord for the last 10, 15 years. And he's now taking an honest observation of the world around him of how things work. And he's realizing and drawing some conclusion the, these later chapters of what happens when we try to do things ourselves, what we try to do things without regard to God and how much we fail when it's left to us and how foolish we are trying to do it ourselves. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 10. Ecclesiastes chapter number 10 and notice with me as we begin in verse number five, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 10 and verse number five, there is an evil which I have seen under the sun as an error which proceedeth from the ruler. Folly is set in great dignity and the rich sit in low place. I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whosoever breaketh it a hedge, and a serpent shall bite him. Whosoever removeth stone shall be hurt therewith, and he that cleaveth wood shall be endangered thereby. If iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then he must put more strength, but wisdom is profitable to direct. Surely the serpent will bite without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is mischievous madness. A fool also is full of words. A man cannot tell what shall be and what shall be after. Who can tell him? The labor of the foolish wearieth every one of them because he knoweth not how to go to the city. And if you have it in marking things in your Bible, mark a phrase that we find in Ecclesiastes chapter number 10. Ecclesiastes chapter number 10, and notice with me a phrase in verse number 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse number 12, a wise man's mouth. A wise man's mouth. And with this, we're going to see this principle of the words of a wise man's mouth. The wise man's mouth. The words of a wise man's mouth. What is the words that come out of a wise man's mouth as compared to the words that come out of a foolish man's heart? This 10th chapter of Ecclesiastes, we now dis uh, discern a person that we should all desire to be. 
that it's quite interesting that we do have a choice. Are we wise? Are we foolish? Will we choose to be wise or do we default to the foolishness? Inside of this chapter here, as it's building this up and starting from verse 5, it's talking about different foolish things that they see. They could see different people who are acting foolish and responding foolishness. They could see great foolishness here and great foolishness here. It talks about in verse 8 that he that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. So if you start digging straight down, you never know what's going to happen at the very bottom when it goes straight down. When you uh, dig a pit and you don't um, secure it, it could fall in over yourself. Or if you dig a pit, now you can't get back out. That's foolishness. You know, we all remember the Bugs Bunny cartoons where, you know, they're chasing and the guy's standing on the tree ledge and starts cutting off the tree ledge that he's standing on. Well, that's foolishness. It's going to get him in trouble. We could see that he's in great danger because of what he's putting in there. We know that um, (laughs) with it, that um, whosoever breaketh a hedge, a serpent shall bite them. If you're in a place where that is a snake-rich environment and you start reaching into hedges without looking, well, don't be surprised when you get something to bite you. I mean, that's just foolishness. Whosoever removeth stones shall be hurt therewith. Talking about the idea that you're moving stones where it doesn't belong and then you don't pay attention. Or maybe you could carry the idea, he that lets kids just toss Legos everywhere. It's going to hurt you later on. Um, It talks about he that cleaveth wood shall be endangered thereby. And it's talking about the idea of uh, the foolishness and not securing it. Verse number 10. If the iron be blunt and a blunt axe and he doth not wet the edge or sharpen it, then he must put forth uh, more strength. So here's a guy who takes an axe and it's just a dull edge and he has to whack away at that tree. And you say, just sharpen the axe. No, no, I've got this. And he's putting a lot of effort to punch through that tree. And it's not doing anything. It's just taking a lot more strength. Whereas if he took time to sharpen his axe, he could have got the work done a lot more efficiently and with a lot less pain and suffering and strength being expended. We would say that's foolishness. So as it's setting up all these foolish scenarios, now it goes to another foolish scenario, the words of a fool. And we could see as a fool with like all of those other incidents before, you look at a fool and say, they don't realize what damage they're doing with their words. But we see that we should have wisdom. <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever met a person before that they didn't say much, but when they did speak, you wanted to listen to them because their words were impactful. Their words were meaningful. That when they spoke, there was wisdom with it to be able to, uh, I don't know if you've ever been around someone that you could tell that had spent time with the Lord. And as they had spent time with the Lord, that when they began to speak, you listened up, you perked up because you wanted to hear these words because you knew it didn't source from them, but it came from their time and presence with the Lord. And you wanted to learn from that. Whereas opposed, you have a foolish person who feels like they know everything. They can't be taught everything and they want to teach you everything. And they just have diarrhea of the mouth and just keep talking. The Bible here is giving a comparison here. And you have a choice 
about what type of words come out of your mouth, what type of words that are from you. So with that, if you don't mind, as we have a desire to even have our words to be a great blessing to others, let's learn some things from this passage about our words. Here we have the fountain of our words. The fountain of our words. What do we mean by this? The source of the words. Remember the words that come out of your mouth are not the issue. Where did they come from? Where was the source of this? We know <laughs> the Bible teaches very clearly that, <laughs> that inside of the heart of every child is foolishness, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from them. What does that mean? That we're all born foolish. Every single one of us are born foolish. The idea of a rod of correction talks about that the only way the foolishness is expelled is if there's purposeful intent to get rid of the foolishness. That also means that by default, we default to foolishness. This is why the rod of correction is so important to correct our behavior, to get rid of the foolishness that we naturally default to. A person is not wise in their speech by accident. That there is purposeful things done in order to expel the foolishness. Jesus makes reference of this. We're going to come back to Ecclesiastes in just a second. But turn with me to the gospel record of Matthew in chapter number uh, 12. Let's see what Jesus had to say about this. Because we're trying to find out how to take care of our words. Remember that to take care of your words is not as simple as trying to develop another habit. Some people think that, that if I just change my habit, I'll change my words. But we understand that that's a byproduct. Where does the source of words come from? The source of the things that we say. Now, by default, foolishness abideth in your heart. By default, foolishness is default answer. So you could expect that someone who's in a default setting, that nothing but foolish words are going to come out. All of us have been there, by the way. If you've had a bad day that you know that you're not in the spirit, but the flesh is in control, that almost anything you say comes out is going to be foolish words. And you know it. You know the things you're saying out you shouldn't be saying. And it's almost like you can't stop yourself. So it's not the idea of trying to temper your words or trying to get a new vocabulary. The problem is, is the source of where these words come from. The fountain that springs up. Notice as Jesus gives this explanation in the book of Matthew. The gospel record of Matthew chapter 12. Notice with me starting at verse 33. The gospel record of Matthew chapter number 12 starting at verse 33. Either make the tree good and his fruit good or else the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. Notice in verse number um, 24 or 34. Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So what's in the heart is going to come out of your mouth. And so as Jesus is making an address here, that people who are foolish people who are away from God that's what's in their heart and that is what's going to come spewing out out of the abundance of the heart uh, the mouth speaketh notice in the, verse 35 a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things but I say unto you that every 
idle word that a man speaketh that he shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Here it talks about that if we're going to have correct words, we have to have a change of heart. Our heart must change. The source of where the words come from must be changed. They must be yielded to God, surrendered to God. And when they're not surrendered to God, then the, what's in the heart is going to come out, which is foolishness, nonsense. It's going to come out of things that won't help people, but is going to make things worse. The foolishness. When we ask God to forgive our sin and by faith receive the Lord Jesus Christ into our lives, he comes to dwell within it and he begins to change the fountain. And as we grow in the Lord and continue to yield him more and more of our heart, the more and more we're going to see our speech change naturally. I've given the illustration before that when you're not right with the Lord, maybe before you got saved, that if you take a hammer and hit the wrong nail expletives come out because that was what was in your heart in the first place. But God could do such a change in your heart that as a Christian who's right with God, that you could hit the wrong nail. And instead of expletives, you could still say, God's still good. God's still right. Praise the Lord. I'll, you know, nothing that blasphemes God, nothing that hurts God, nothing that comes out foolishness. It's not because you made a decision. Oh, I hit my nail. What should I say to explain my pain? But what comes out is what's already going to be in there. Have you ever, (laughs) there's this illustration of a sponge. That if I took a wet sponge and squeezed it, what was in the sponge is what comes out. So if I squeeze a sponge and dirty water comes out, that's because the dirty water was in there in the first place. When we get under pressure, when we are in a place of reacting, what comes out is, an ex, uh, is a clear showing of what was in there in the first place. If our heart was right, if we were clean and right with God, and a pressure is applied to us, clean water will come out. That's going to come out of our mouth, come out of our words, come out of our expression, come of how we speak. That's what we should desire is that even under pressure, even when we're reacting, good things are coming out of our mouth, wise things, things that are honoring to the Lord, even under pressure. And it's not the idea that I thought about it. It's the idea it just came out because that was what was in there. We have to change the source. We have to deal with the fountain of where these words come from. As we come back to the book of Ecclesiastes, we see something else here. Not only the fountain of our words, but we also see the fear of God in our words. The fear of God. Remember that the whole book of Ecclesiastes has this phrase, under the sun. Remember the phrase, under the sun, carries with it the idea of without regard to God. That is also the idea of foolishness. Foolishness is the idea without regard to God. Someone who is a fool is someone who lives his life without regard to God. When we say something foolish, it was something that we said without regard to God. So notice what, if you don't mind, 
the Bible here in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 deals with the words of a fool and sees what happens when you have a man who is foolish, who is doing things without regard to God, who doesn't have the right source. Notice the foolish words that come out in verse number 12. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. We have a similar expression today, put his foot in his mouth. You ever know someone with foot and mouth disease? Every time they open their mouth, they just got themselves further and further in trouble. And you keep saying, just shut up, just shut up. And they just shove their foot in deeper and deeper and deeper. Just shut up. That's the idea of a fool that they just... They have this foot and mouth disease that they're swallowing themselves up. The Bible expression there is that they're hurting themselves. They just keep doing more damage to themselves with their words. Just shut up. But the fool doesn't have any discernment and he keeps going. Every time he opens his mouth, what is he going to say now? What's he, how is he going to affect himself now? How is he going to affect how others see them now? Just shut up. Just shut up. Notice as it continues to go on in verse number 13. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness. So again, we're talking about the source. Where are the source of his words? It's foolishness. It comes from a foolish heart. It's from the wrong source. It's from the wrong thing. And foolishness is going to come out because foolishness is what's in there. Foolishness abideth in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from them. We have to have that source corrected. Notice it continues on in verse number 13. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness. And notice this. The end of his talk is mischievous madness. What a great Bible expression to explain what happens when fools keep talking. Mischievous madness. That's what's coming out. Mischievous madness. Just shut up. Just shut up. What a, a powerful Bible phrase. Mischievous madness. That word mischievous carries with it an idea of wickedness. That they're just speaking foolish, maddening things. They come out and you say, that's crazy talk. Just shut up. Just shut up. Maybe it was you. You could recognize crazy talks coming out of you. And you're like, shut up. Holy cow, this is so crazy. The things that are just coming out. Shut up. You, and again, we're looking at a fool. That's why I'm, I'm not telling you to shut up. I'm saying we're looking at a fool, whether it's you or someone else, and they're just talking mischievous madness. The things are just pouring out, just coming out. Mischievous madness. Verse 14, a fool is also full of words. Um, this fool just is so full of words, they're just erupting out of them. <laughs> they just can't help themselves. Almost like that old popcorn popper where, you know, the popcorn just kept just popping out and just pop, 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 and just keeps, won't stop, pop, 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 pop. They're just pouring out. They're full of words. It's overflowing. And they can't stop talking. It just keeps coming out. Again, we have a more crude way of saying of diarrhea in the mouth. It just pours out, just keeps going. This is a foolish person who can't keep their mouth shut, who can't help and refrain from themselves from talking. Pop, 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 just pouring out. 
A fool also is full of words. A man cannot tell what shall be and what shall be after him. Who can tell him? Here in verse 14, it's saying that this type of fool who is so full of words cannot be told anything. If you've never written down this expression, may I encourage you to write down this expression? As long as you are talking, you're not listening. As long as you're talking, you are non-listening. Have you ever talked to someone at the end of the conversation, you say, they didn't hear a single word that you just said. (laughs) They didn't listen to anything I just had to say. They were just so full of words that they were just concerned about saying what they wanted to say, their opinion, their thoughts, and they had a thought on everything, every subject. They had a thought on it. They weren't teachable. They weren't listening. They were so full of words that they could not have any room for anything else to be put into there. The Bible says it's foolishness. And again, you're watching that person that's popping out all those words. I just got that picture of the popcorn thing now, just popping out. And they're so full, you couldn't put anything into there even if you wanted to. It just keeps popping out. They are so full, there's no room for anything else. And you still look at the fool and say, shut up, shut up. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to just keep your mouth shut. That's all, just shut up and it'd help you. Or I'm trying to give you instruction. And they didn't hear a single word foolishness, full of words. By the way, verse 14 is a good checklist of us. If you're ever entering a conversation, you want to know how you, how you did, ask yourself, was I full of words? It may be that you never know that they were trying to teach you something, but you could at least say, was I full of words? Did I talk too much in that conversation? If I talked too much, then I probably didn't learn that much. Just popping, pop, 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 pop. Full of words. A man cannot tell what the end shall be. You can't correct this, this fool. You can't tell them what they're supposed to do. Notice verse 15. The labor of the foolish wearieth every one of them. Verse number 15 is important at the beginning of it. A person who's so full of words makes people tired around them. It wearies them. Oh man, I don't want to be around them because they're just going to be talking the whole time and it makes me tired. It's, it's like trying to uh, pull on the reins of wild horses that don't want to stop and I'm doing all of this just to keep control. It wearies them, wearies them. The labor of the foolish wearieth every one of them because he knoweth not how to go to a city. Here again, it's carrying the idea that this foolish here can't even find his way into town. He could talk and talk and talk and the things that are coming out are just making things worse. And he's not listening, not responding. And here, this idea of this fool. Now we hear so much about the foolish speaking in our world today because they don't fear God. They don't possess wisdom because there's no fear of God before their eyes. It's where wisdom comes from. Uh, Romans talks about that, that they have no fear of God before their eyes. Do you desire for the words of your mouth to be right? Your words cannot be right until your heart is right because your heart is that fountain where it all comes from. Your words won't be right unless you fear the Lord. Fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We don't want to be that foolish person who can't learn. 
We don't want to be the foolish person who has mischievous madness as the result. We don't want to be the type of person that people are tired to hang around us because we're always talking and they won't shut up. They won't be quiet. And it all comes to the idea, not me trying to limit my words, but me trying to get to the source, having that source correct. Which now brings me to the last thing and probably the most powerful thing, the force of our words, the force of our words. Hold your finger here really quick. We're going to turn back, but notice with me, if you don't mind in the book of Job, this is a powerful verse. Um, When I first found this verse, it just wanted to meditate on it for a while. Job verse chapter six, Job chapter six. Of course, this is in the speeches that Job and his friends were having. In Job chapter six, And verse number 24, it leads up to this idea, Job chapter 6 and verse 24, teach me and I will hold my tongue and cause me to understand wherein I've erred. Verse number 25, if you've never underlined this statement, please understand this first phrase, how forcible are right words, how forcible are right words. That's a powerful phrase. How forcible are right words. Now, remember how the world and how our natural foolish heart thinks of things is completely different. Let's imagine that someone who's very used to getting things done is able to go from point A to point B. But when they get to point B, they turn around just to look back and they see a a trail of dead bodies along the way. All the people that they hurt with their words slayed on the path to get here. Some people think that, that, that forcible words is how to get things done and that the idea of forcible is by force. I know a lady who once told me <laughs> or that once said that the only way my kids listen is if I'm yelling. If I'm not yelling, they're not listening. Well, then that's a poor lady. That's a foolish lady. It's a lady that hasn't learned the power of words. Has it learned how to direct traffic? But there are so many people that think that forcible words are the idea that I hurt people and push people out of the way with my words and I force things to get done. But that's not what it's speaking about before. How forcible are right words? What are right words? Turn back with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. And let's see this idea of right words and the force that's behind it. The power that's behind it. Correct power. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. And notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 12. Notice this. The words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. How forcible are right words. What are the right words? Gracious words. Not volume. Graciousness. Do you know that the Lord Jesus Christ, the way that he was described in the book of gospel record of John is that he was full of grace and truth. We'll study more about that tonight. The words of Jesus were full of grace and truth. Some people say, well, I want to use my words to push people out of the way. Then you don't want to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Jesus' words were full of grace and full of truth. The proper words that we have that's going to make an impact, the proper words that are going to be full of wisdom that people want to hear is when our words are gracious. There's enough wrong things around us that we could yell all the time. But that just makes everyone miserable. No one's happy and no one's helped. Learning how to have gracious words. Gracious speech is more powerful than we could ever imagine. Gracious words. The Bible speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ in Psalm 45 and verse 2 that grace is poured into thy lips. You know, it's amazing that it, the Bible, Old Testament, New, all point out the graciousness the words Jesus had. Graciousness was poured into thy lips. That Jesus was full of truth and grace. Speaking with grace is not a sign of weakness nor is it forfeit of power. Christ's lips were full of grace, and yet they were powerful. The first message that Jesus ever preached in his earthly ministry, in fact, let's just turn there if you don't mind. Turn with me to the gospel record of Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, Jesus' first public message, his first sermon. So he's sitting in the synagogue. He takes the scroll, reads the Bible. And notice, if you don't mind, as we see the, as his message is finished, verse number 20, we'll just get towards the end. Uh, Luke chapter four, verse 20. And he, that's Jesus, closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. So Jesus got through preaching, took uh, the Bible, closed it, gave it to the preacher of the synagogue, sat down, and everyone's staring at him, just looking at him. They're like, what just happened? Notice as it goes on, verse 21. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. When Jesus preached, the people said, Wow, his words are gracious. The words of a wise man. You see, it wasn't volume. It wasn't, I'm going to get you and God's going to bring down fire. But there was a graciousness. By the way, what was the message? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Graciousness. Being dead to self, filled with God's spirit. Graciousness. If we were to survey your speech in the last week. So we had New Year's. You survived New Year's. You survived one week into this new year. What would be the description of the words that you had, the end result? Would it be mischievous madness? Or would it be graciousness? What would be, if you had those at either end of a spectrum, mischievous madness or graciousness, where would the majority of your words be pegged at? Where would they be at? Could the people around you say, hey, 
let's be honest, what type of speech did so-and-so have? Were they gracious? How forcible are right words? Did they have power behind it? Not volume, but power that when they spoke, you wanted to listen? Or when they spoke, you got tired and said, oh, please shut up, please shut up. Where would it be at? Now, again, the problem is not the words. That's the symptom. The problem is the fountain. Is that fountain right? Are you right with God? Are you dead to self? Are you surrendered to him? Are you allowing him to cleanse you? Are you trying to be as close to Jesus as you possibly can? Well, if you are, what will happen is the result is out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What's going to come out is a good example of what is in. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.